Last year, nine very different projects opened at different kinds of museums across the UK. The museums themselves ranged from a very large um, national museum, the Imperial War Museum, right through to a small uh, volunteer-run museum, a social history museum in the north of England. Very different organisations then took part in this project and they, the projects which opened told very, very different stories about disability. But what united them was a shared goal. All of those projects were purposefully designed to um, challenge the way people thought about disability, to challenge visitors' uh, preconceptions and prejudices, and to offer visitors alternative, more progressive ways of understanding and thinking about disability. So in my talk today, I want to say a little bit about the project and unpack some of the challenges um, we experienced and some of the strategies we used to overcome that. Uh, the project, as, as Tim said, was called Rethinking Disability Representation. It was, um, without a doubt, the most ambitious, the largest scale project which our research centre for museums and galleries in, in, our, in my museum studies department had undertaken. It involved, as I've said, nine partner museums who were part of that project, part of a collaborative journey um, together exploring these new approaches to interpretation. At the heart of the project and of, of <coughs> tremendous importance was a think tank of disabled activists, disabled artists and cultural practitioners who were given responsibility and empowered to shape the kinds of narratives, the kinds of stories which each of those museums were to tell. And they played an absolutely critical role in the development of the nine projects that ultimately opened. Our intention was that those projects would uh, connect with and would inform contemporary, very live debates about disability, about disability rights, about equality of opportunity, not just in the cultural sphere, but more broadly. So they were intended to really link um, what was happening in the museum with um, the day-to-day -day lived experience of people with disabilities and the uh, struggles for rights that people experienced. It was also based on um, an in-depth project uh, looking at collections across the UK and we carried out um, um, a study which looked at what material could be found within all sorts of collections, not just art collections, but museums across the whole of the UK, looking at what kind of material they had in their collections that would enable them to engage with stories and histories of disability. So of those nine projects, I'll give you a glimpse of um, one or two throughout this uh, presentation. This is an image taken from one of the projects, a temporary exhibition at Colchester Castle Museum called Life Beyond the Label. And the exhibition was designed to look at uh, labels, the labels which are ascribed to disabled people, but also to refer to the labels which we have in museums and to kind of look beyond and behind some of those to uh, discover more about and, and prompt a rethinking of disability. It drew upon collections that the museum already held and also went out, they did collect contemporary collecting to fill gaps in the collection that would enable them to tell those stories. And these three images of disabled participants in the project 
were part of a, um, a contemporary art element looking at the way in which uh, people's identities and the words they use to describe um, different parts of themselves. This second project um, from the Imperial War Museum in London was of the nine projects, this was the only one that didn't result in a display or an exhibition. What the Imperial War Museum decided to do was develop a series of educational sessions designed for secondary school children. So um, they drew upon the very rich resources of the Imperial War Museum. Um, this image um, of uh, soldiers from World War I who had lost limbs was used as part of an educational session called Welcome Home, which was designed to look at the way in which uh, soldiers returning from war, having acquired impairments, how were they treated by society at different times through history, and what does that tell us about present-day attitudes towards um, disability and disabled people, was a, a, a tool for a very active workshop with those young um, school children. Um, third example that I'll use um, was drawing on art collections, and in this instance the art collections from Birmingham Museum and Art Gallery, which has a very strong um, collection, particularly of, of pre-Raphaelite paintings. Um, the form which this particular intervention took was a trail through the existing art galleries. So it was looking at um, about eight paintings that were already on display, which a group of disabled artists identified as featuring uh, disabled characters that they wanted to interpret in a very different way. So a trail through the existing galleries then. I'm just going to say a little bit, use this as an example to tell you a little bit about the challenges that that posed for the curators and the educators that we worked with and the think tank. Our project, the whole of the project, was based on um, the premise that we wanted to offer a very particular, very specific way of looking at disability. And that idea about taking up a particular moral and intellectual standpoint is one which some museums are uncomfortable with. They would rather look at things from different sides and different perspectives and leave it up to visitors to make up their own minds. But ours had the very... Um, clear um, set of aims that we wanted to and, and messages that we wanted visitors to take away. So w we looked at uh, particularly the disability rights movement and literature from within disability studies and took up the social model of disability as a lens with which to try and examine those collections and offer at that particular reading of disability which would be underpinned and informed by disability rights. At the same time we didn't want to be overly didactic so we had a clear message we wanted to get across but we also knew from studies of museum learning and our own experience of museums that being too didactic and too narrow um, is a very ineffective way of communicating with visitors and we wanted to accommodate the complexity and the nuance which um, surrounds the topic and not be overly uh, simplistic. And one of the ways which we did that, we sought to do that in the Birmingham project, was to offer a range of different perspectives, 
all framed by the social model of disability, but a range of different perspectives on the paintings in question. And you can see there were listening posts um, next to each of the eight paintings which formed part of this trail. And you might be able to see in this picture of a, um, of a visitor listening uh, through the telephone, making a choice of um, up to five different audio interpretations of the same painting. So there was a curatorial account um, developed by the curators. There was a, um, an audio description of different elements of the painting. But there were also accounts developed by the disabled activists and artists themselves who wanted to connect what they saw in the painting with their own experiences. So those uh, different accounts sat alongside um, each other and visitors were exposed to those. This um, enabled, to, enabled us to offer a plurality of voices, different perspectives on that topic to provoke visitors to think differently. And in the we did a, a major evaluation of visitor responses to that, um, to all of those projects. And authenticity, the importance of having disabled people's voices as the storytellers, as people who shared their own experiences, not through the mediating voice of the curator or the museum, but actually an immediate opportunity for disabled people to tell their own stories and histories proved to be especially important in encouraging visitors to take away the kinds of ideas we hope that they would. Um, I'm just going to play a, a short um, excerpt which was accompanying this uh, copy of a painting um, by Poussin, Christ Healing the Blind. And the interpretation that I'm going to play for you now is the response which the disabled artists and activists themselves came up with in relation to this painting. Six disabled artists have explored how the painting relates to disabled people's experiences. These are their thoughts. The blind man, Jericho, shows Jesus performing a miracle, surrounded by his followers. He is restoring sight to a blind man. This painting demonstrates the Christian belief and the belief of other religions too, that miracles can and do happen. The message of the Bible story illustrated seems to be that disabled people will only get better, will only experience a miracle if they believe in Jesus. It appears to illustrate an accepted truth that believers have been healed in the past, so it must be true. This makes it difficult to challenge. Disabled people today still have to deal with this attitude. The history of how disabled people are viewed seems to have its roots in these biblical stories. Some of us have had recent experiences of people calling on God and Jesus to heal us. This behaviour and the painting also imply that all disabled people want to be is healed. This wrongly suggests that there is something ill or not right with us. There are other links here with contemporary experience of disability. There are always authorities which employ non-disabled people who have control over the resources that affect the quality of disabled people's lives. This power over money and employment, transport and access echoes the way Christ has control over the fate of the blind man. So um, again, a, an attempt there to connect um, 
a historic painting with uh, current debates about the significance of cure within um, the, the field of disability. And there were other more personalised connections. So the last button that visitors could choose would give a very personal response by one of the disabled artists themselves to that painting. So it could be an artistic response or their own experience, their own stories. Um, and one of the artists compared uh, this painting with her own experiences of going to uh, uh, see the doctor, the great, um, the great healer, as she said, surrounded by um, um, nurses that were like the disciples, and she had to wait patiently in line to be uh, with a whole range of assumptions about what she was, what she was there for. So kind of very, di very different uh, interpretations of that painting alongside the curatorial response and proved really quite powerful in um, prompting visitors to... Uh, both disabled and non-disabled visitors to engage in a different way with that material. Um, my last uh, point here um, about unsettling narratives was that we, um, you know, the way in which people have understood disability is powerfully ingrained um, in people's thinking and we wanted to look at devices which would unsettle that and get people to try and think um, differently. In my last example then, this is um, from, the, the title of the project was Behind the Shadow of Merrick, and that was a project which took place, an intervention which took place at the Royal London Hospital Museum and Archives, which is a small um, medical museum in London, which amongst its um, wide-ranging collections has the um, human remains of Joseph Merrick, the elephant man, and also his personal belongings. And what our um, think tank wanted to do was look again at how we could explore uh, Merrick's very powerful, very iconic story in relation to contemporary lived experience. And to do that, we commissioned a disabled filmmaker, David Heavey. Some of you may know his um, very influential book, The Creatures That Time Forgot, that looks at representations of disability in charity advertising. And he's now a filmmaker and was commissioned to work with the museum to develop a short film. It's, on, it's streamed online off our website, but it also shows within the museum. And in this short clip, you'll see the, the, um, the curator, Jonathan Evans, you can see as a curator, he's wearing white gloves as he handles the object, but also interspersed with... Um, disabled people's own experiences and connections with Merrick and Merrick's uh, life story. I'll just pay you, play you a short clip from that. The hat's made of felt and the uh, bottom of the veil is made of linen. It's got a single eye hole and the hat's got a peak, as you can see. When I had my hair, I used to hide it in my face, I used to love it, my hair. I used to love it, it was the security of my own care. And I felt protected by it. I mean, he, he literally thought I was a thing, an animal, and... I mean, people actually think that now sometimes about disabled people. Um, and I guess that he just had to hide away from it through that hood to protect himself against the harsh comments and stares. The uh, hat is the size of a, the circumference of a man's waist, 
and Joseph, in this case, just how large Joseph's head was causing great difficulties throughout his life, the overgrowth of bone and flesh of his head. I think it's natural to be interested in difference. I mean, when I look at a picture of John Eric, I want to know what his face feels like. I want to touch it. I want to know whether it's lumpy or squishy or hard. I think that's natural. What I don't want to do is see him or ridicule him, as so many seem to have done. But what is it like to be stared at and isolated this way? Oh, public property. Um, you know, I'm, I, like many other people, we're public property. We get on a bus, we're a spectacle. From the moment we open the front door, we're a spectacle. You have to be prepared for that, be, be prepared for the onslaught. Okay, um, just to, to finish off then, that project was really um, started a number of years ago as an attempt, um, really recognition that museums were increasingly interested in looking at the histories, the stories of people who've traditionally been excluded from um, museum narratives. And we were interested particularly in the fact that there'd been a huge amount of work done, certainly um, here and in the UK as well, particularly around women's history, about telling um, stories of minority ethnic and indigenous communities. But we were really struck by the lack of engagement with uh, disability and disabled people's lives, even though there was this uh, tide of interest in that kind of work. And so this project was set up as an experimental action research project to try and stimulate more um, engage, engagement amongst the muse museum community in uh, disability stories. And I would just uh, finally say that part of, because we set out to try and challenge people's views, we did conduct a large-scale evaluation of visitor responses to those, each of those nine projects. And the results of that are available, again, uh, freely available on our website, but happy to answer any questions that people might have. Thank you very much. <laughs>